Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And this week we bring you Season 1, Episode 24, The Erlenmeyer Flask. So listen to this, bro. We decided once upon a time, let's fuck it, let's just do all of them. And I gotta be honest with you, I was like, God, are we ever gonna even finish season one? And here we are. This is one of those moments in podcasting or just in life where you reflect upon a thing, right? You say, boy, if I would've known I was gonna be here in one year's time or two years time or six months time or five months time, you would've looked at yourself in there and said, nah, I don't think so. And when we were doing our like, let's just pick them. And I said, someday we're going to be wrapping up on the entirety of season one. We both would have laughed it off, I think. If we yeah. talked about it in the midst of our alternating picks. But here we are. Here we are. One out of nine in the bucket. One out of 11. Well, actually, to be fair, we've done season 10, 11. So, dude, we're three out of 11. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm telling you, that's almost Hall of Fame numbers for baseball. That's that's a that's like a, a really good fielding third baseman. Yeah. Like after after two or three games in the World Series, hey, he's three for eleven, like serviceable. He's, he's got a good great. slugging percentage, but he's he could reach base a little more. But you know he's great in the field, so that's it. Good enough. I'm into it. Baseball analogies. Mulder would love that. <laughs> he absolutely would. <laughs> he would fucking uh, die. It is pretty exciting. And I'll tell you, do I sound different? Do I do I? feel different is there a different energy coming off me dean because i'll tell you there's something different about me when it comes to x-files than every other time we've recorded and tell me what that is tell me what that is please regale me with your tales for the first time ever you're talking to a man who has finally watched every episode of x-files ever put on air finally finally i finished my season eight and nine watch can I say something about this? After 25 years of fanhood. Go ahead. Well, um, I got to be honest with you. Your tone pleases me because you could be in, you could be in here like, uh, not Snuffle Up, I guess he's pretty happy. What's the one? What's the purple one? Are, Grimace? are you talking about Oscar the Grouch? Nah, he's green. Grimace but, is a Burger King guy. Yeah, isn't, he a, isn't he kind of cunty? Who's the fucking purple guy? No, the donkey. Is Eeyore? that Winnie the Pooh? Help me out, dude. I didn't have a childhood. You are, you are mixing up a lot of things. Eeyore. <laughs> My childhood was heavy metal. What do you want me to tell you? Eeyore. Yes. So if you had the Eeyore tone, I'd be concerned. Yeah. But you don't. You sound sort of, got to be honest with you, for you, kind of bubbly. Yeah, borderline. I got to admit, dude, there was a lot more to like than I expected. I had the lowest of expectations going into watching season eight and nine. And it took me a while to get through. And there's a lot of episodes that aren't great. But dude, dog it. He's like, pretty good. I'd, I'd seen a handful of them. I'd seen a handful of episodes. So it wasn't like it was completely unknown to me, but I just had this real negative feeling going into it. Dog, it's great, man. And and Scully's still there for a lot of it, and Jillian Anderson's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, like, writing-wise, there's a, a good, more than a handful, a good couple handfuls, a good, like, put both your hands next to your chest when you're, like, trying to carry too much shit and you're walking around. Like a stack of wood for example, yeah. to the fireplace. Like, it's too much. You could never carry it without your arms pressed against your breast. You would drop yep. them all, right? And, and, and granted, a lot was dropped. A lot was dropped. Okay. But, but you, I so, got but you made it through the winter. Can we keep going with metaphors? <laughs> yes. These are retarded, but I like them. 
But man, there's there's uh, there's some shit to like there. So I'm just saying, you know, in 2029, 20, when we're covering those seasons, mm. it's going to be great. I like your style. Well, here we are. Here we are. The Erlenmeyer flask. The finale. The, the finale. One. I got Erlenmeyer flasks on the brain, Josh. Do you want to hear something kind of crazy and unrelated about me, and I'll make it brief? Guess what show I've never seen to completion? Besides X-Files? Mm-hmm. What? Breaking Bad. And uh, I'm in season four and I'm binging it, Erlen Meyer flasks. So, um, yeah, I have Erlen Meyer flasks on the brain as a result of that fantastic program. And now I'm watching another Erlen Meyer flask and it's excellent. Dude, yeah. and I have to be honest, all the times I've seen this episode, until now, I didn't actually stop and say, what is an Erlen Meyer flask and go and look it up. And it's just that little triangular yeah. thing that the purity control isn't that is funny in. yeah because within it contains quite a mystery but can i just give you my opening impressions on this one pal please this is a very good x-files episode i was greatly entertained by this in my opinion very complete and intense episode of television and yes it goes into mythology but it also I don't know, man. When I was watching it, I almost had a Monster of the Week feeling to it, even though it went into mythology. I don't know why. I'm going to try to wrap my head around that as we talk through it. But this just felt... this. There's something shadow conspiracy about this that I just really enjoyed. Um, I, I just dug this episode a lot, man. It, it, it fulfilled many things for me. I just think that the dialogue was great. The character stuff was great. I thought the actual plot was solid. Um... There's some um, some fascinating tactical choices by the police. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, there is some some moments where I think about how they should teach police how to subdue people instead of beat them to death with clubs. And <laughs> <laughs> talk about the effectiveness of grappling. But um, yeah, man, I, I dug it. And um, boy, I'll tell you, you know, you everyone knows that Deep Throat is a novelty, right? You don't want you don't want deep throat every time because it's almost silly. Do you see what I'm saying? Are we still talking about the X Files? We are, yeah. Okay, but yeah, I'm going to sure. dance along the edge okay. to quote Concrete Blonde. Um, I, I'm going to dance along the edge because it's a novelty. It's like, oh yeah, well, I get it, but let's just let's stick to the meat and potatoes. We don't want to get crazy with the deep throat all the time. I guess is my point. And it was sad to see Deep Throat exit our relationship. But I will think back upon Deep Throat with fond memories. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Like, absolutely. cool. Like, I, that was fun for a minute. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, because too much Deep Throat, she's like, ah, it's dumb. So I thought, I thought this was a perfect, and by the way, great pick on your picture, even though it's a real terrible picture. It's real grainy. <laughs> it's real low res. You know what? I don't know <laughs> what you were doing on that, but, <laughs> but I like the, the muzzle flash gave me, Gave me a um, a jolt of 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 energy to just to see him executing that guy. I was like, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's it's so government conspiracy, kind of dark out and shiny with long coats and, and flashes of pistols. White men in suits killing other white men in suits in the dark. Right? I dig it. I can get the into old, it. The good old days. So there you go. I like it, man. That that's good shit. And um, <laughs> you know, I think. We, we both, and I'm sorry to speak for you, but 
at times we shit a lot on the mythology as a collective, and we, we always praise the, the monster of the week. Especially in season 10 and 11. Right, but I think we're, we're going back, and when you watch older mythology episodes, you still have that, you have that aftertaste of, of what the mythology came to be, which is this massive, convoluted... A mess, right? It's a mess. It's a mess, of course. And we, we've gone on about it enough. But um, right out of the chat, Odani Girl says, this is when the mythology was still okay, good. Right. Sorry. Huh? No, sorry. You're right. Did I say it wrong? No, you said it right. I thought it wrong. Okay. I thought it said Odin Girl. I was like, that's badass. Mm, Odani, I think. Okay. This, yeah, you're right. There's an I in there. <laughs> this is when the mythology was still good and actually added to the storytelling. And 100%, man... The mythology is not, there is not like the mythology of Exiles is bad. It just stretched out too long. The problem of, of, of open-ended storytelling. Right, right? which I was mean, they started this mythology thing and they didn't really know how they were going to wrap it. Because that's what the reality is with a lot of TV shows, especially sure, sure. in the pre-miniseries kind of world that you know, it, we're increasingly moving towards, which is... I think my favorite transition of television is moving towards like short-term, finite storytelling, beginning, middle, end. One hundred percent. This dude, it's it's the best shit in the world. There's nothing. But there. but I would not trade X Files in its you know in its real world incarnation for a you know a fantasy. Because what if what if they said like okay, well the story we have tells three seasons long, and think about how much you would have missed out on. I can so. So there is there is that trade off, but basically they started the show and they you know Chris Carter had this I, these ideas and then you have to kind of keep weaving and keep adding and keep doing this and that and then like you stretch it out over two hundred two hundred and twenty thirty episodes whatever in two movies and yeah it becomes a complete convoluted mess. But, but you, you put up a lot you put up a lot for your for your dream girl or your dream boy right. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you put up a, you put up with a lot of fucking bullshit just for a fucking little taste. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't mean that grossly. I mean metaphorically. Just a little taste. Gonna get a little taste of something. If yeah. it's your dream boat, right? And that's just that. And that's kind of how it is. You know, it's it's a great metaphor because you, you, it gets so fucked up. You get so deep in. You're in season. And you're like, God, I, I fucking live with this bitch. I live with this person. <laughs> that's what you're saying by like season seven. And there's no end in sight. You know, and, and honestly, I think if in a different world, in an alternate dimension, where X-Files ended way earlier, and there was, where if Chris Carter said his whole vision was about this beginning, middle, end of this mythology he wanted to tell, and he wrapped it up in three or four seasons, you know, there would have been a ton of great Monster of the Weeks, but we would have looked back and said, like, fuck, no, it was the story, the story he wanted to tell. Like, that's a strong part. And you can look at these episodes and, and imagine what that could have been. And I'm not saying it's better, but what I'm just saying in a very convoluted way, as, as the mythology becomes, is there's so much shit here to like. And we, I think, too often kind of pass that off, but, like, the mythology is awesome. Like, it's this government conspiracy. You and I love this shit. We oh, yeah. love the cloak and dagger. We oh, love God. the... The dead drop, the Spy link shit. up on the bridge. Yeah. The, Spy shit. The, the, the guy, the deep throat, the informant who has his own motivations we don't understand, and he's helping our characters, but then he also has his own thing. He's not revealing everything. And then, dude, this episode, when he gets smoked at the end of the episode. Dude. Wow. Holy shit. A great, a great kill. 
A great kill. Yeah, you, know, you have to celebrate kills and deaths, even if it's a character you like. Like, I love Boromir, and it was the most majestic and beautiful kill in, in the whole trilogy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was great. Yep. It was perfect. It was wonderful and tragic, but necessary. You know, you have to have that. And uh, I think it's really important, you know? Yeah, so... You know, I mean, can, I, can, I, can I tack that from a different angle, just your thing? Because I really like what you're saying here. Please. Here's the other angle, because my, my as we know, I'm, I'm, I am borderline can't get right sometimes with, with X-Files, especially as we move beyond season four and five. Um, just wait. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> what? I, hey, guess what, guys? Never seen this one. I'm going to say that a lot of times. So, I, for me, I started watching X-Files on tapes that you recorded you know what i'm saying like i was way late to the party and um it was and then i kind of got away from it got busy and then i was wanted to come back to it and then it was just a question of ease of consumption like tapes we're talking vhs man we were in your parents house and then it was like okay dvds oh shit then it was like who can afford a season of x-files not fucking me i'm making like six an hour <laughs> no way <laughs> And now it's just so easy so you can go back. So I missed it all. I didn't get that whole run in. So for me, and this is going to sound totally outrageous, but I want you guys to prepare yourselves for it. I don't care if there was, and this is just a conservative number, 27 seasons. Okay. Now, bear with me. That sounds ridiculous, like I'm being a crazy person. But if there were 27 seasons of The X-Files, and I was somebody coming into it, and I just loved Monster of the Week, I know that that's so many more opportunities to see that many more great episodes, even if a bunch of them are shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It's like crazy to say, but I don't care. Like, okay, so everyone's like, oh, well, maybe not everyone, but everyone's like, oh, it ended dumb, blah, 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 got kind of shit. But, but how many good ones are in there? And I don't care because I didn't follow the run. You know dude, what I mean? That was the feeling I had watching season eight and nine where the mythology is not the strongest part, even close by that point. They do try to boil it down, whatever. But- even like watching episodes with no Mulder, which is something as a it's younger crazy. man, right. I would never be like, I, I'm not going to watch X-Files without Mulder. Watch episodes with no Mulder, and I'm like, but this is still great because it's kind of a cool Monster of the Week thing they're doing, and, and Scully's there, and I like this guy Doggett, and it's a new, it still feels like X-Files. A lot of them feel like X-Files. So I get what you're saying, man. I yeah. totally do. I totally do. If X-Files didn't exist, and you could wipe it from your memory, and I said, Josh, can you believe, I said to you, Josh, can you believe there's never been a television show and I described like X-Files and I described it? You go, that's fucking nuts. And then so, Josh, good news. It's coming out on Netflix. You'd be like, God damn, that's badass. I can't wait to watch it, right? So the concept and the idea of it's in your head before the characters are, right? Yep. And that's, that's kind of what drives it a little bit. I don't know what my point is there. There really isn't one. But my, but 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 the point is, there's interest in just the topic in general, and I'm, there's been so many knockoffs since. But I'm excited about it. Me too. Let's dive into this bitch, man. Let's dive right in with the best money Fox had to spend in 1993 on a show it didn't really think was going to succeed. Car chase. <laughs> this car chase is funny, man. That that's some serious air, dude. What? And there's are there two men in there. There's stuntmen in those cars. There's no question about this. Those are real cars. Those are not models. That's not CGI. Stuntmen. I mean, Neither, yeah. one guy looks like a big fella. <laughs> There's two guys in the cop car. Yes. 
How fucked up is that guy's spine and neck from those impacts? That that stunt man. And that entire suspension is destroyed. Yeah, neither no, of those vehicles are going. driving. Right, no, they don't. right, right. But it's great. All right, you know, we get this chase. the The music's tight. You know, sure. There's a lot of tension coming in quick, and this car's racing, and it goes into this like shitty kind of warehouse thing, which is we see a lot in the X Files, and. Yeah. The, this guy who's running from the cops, he gets he kind of gets some separation at first, and then he kind of gets penned in in the back, ends up having to get out of the car, tries to get over the fence. Cops go total like Rodney King on him. And Dude, then, what are they doing? <laughs> they're not trying to arrest him. It's like they're just trying to punish him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But just if you guys all tackle him... now. Assuming he doesn't have alien DNA, so I just want to make it sh- make it clear that he's somebody who has unique nucleotides. <laughs> that fact aside, I mean, this guy he could be cagey as fuck, but two, three, four, four cops. I mean, just grappling him. I'm just going to drop in a listener comment right here, if I could, please, Danny Fouch. Oh God, this um, is a good one. Well, first he says someone broke their spine jumping that Buick. True, hundred uh, percent. Very shitty nightstick work by officers one, two, and three. You want to beat on some ass, then get right to it. Officer four, I would have already had a mag dumped into that guy by the time officer three hit the ground. <laughs> Skip the taser. <laughs> also yelling, armed officer, Canadian as fuck. Oh my God, you guys. I expected him to yell, sorry, after shooting him. I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a little later, I guess a whole EMT. EMT crew getting taken out by toxic gas doesn't rate news like some random car chase dude. Only some blue lives matter back in the 90s. But dude, yeah, 100%. Two cops get absolutely manhandled by this guy. Sure. The the second unit arrives, and the third guy goes in with his nightclub as this dude is just pounding nightstick on forehead on the other cop. Mm-hmm. No way. Nope. No way. Dead. It's got to be gotta be Canada. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's the uh, escalating no American, force, right? No American cop has that kind of restraint. <laughs> <laughs> that dude would have been Swiss cheese against that fence. Yep, hundred percent. Sprinkle some crack on him, call it a day. But it makes sense. The guy's got a, at this point he has a deadly weapon. I'm gonna get yeah. shot. Right? Yeah, shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Stick with the taser. Taser does nothing. Pulls him out. Runs, and only, <laughs> only when he's running away. Do you go to deadly force? I think that's a different kind of procedure. Yeah, I'm not. It's, sh- it's not when your fellow pl- police officers are under mortal risk. Mm-hmm. It's when the per- perp is uh, running, back right. facing you. That's when you lo- you're clear to light up. Yeah, it's usually city city skyline behind target, right? Open fire, relentlessly. Yeah. True, clear downfield and hope. That you don't pluck some 62-year-old lady about to retire bringing tea into the boss <laughs> with your stray rounds. But I don't know, I guess. But um, he, pu- he, he puts a cup onto him. He does. He's bleeding nothing, real bad, I think is his words. Yeah, but nothing but green goo. Nothing but green goo. Stop, armed officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's real wordy. Real wordy. Uh, is, is, would he be unarmed? <laughs> I think it's 
it's a kind of standard procedure for a police officer to be armed, but yeah, hmm. there, there we go. Green Sunday, goo. Sunday, May 1994. Green goo. Mulder's sleeping on the couch. TV's playing, two scientists talking in the show. We hear him talking about Italy, right? But um, it doesn't really matter what they're talking about on the TV show. But Mulder wakes up, phone rings, and Mulder says, Mulder? We see Deep Throat. Good old Deep Throat. His last hurrah. Are you watching Channel 8? Then what happens? Mulder switches over, and it's news coverage of, of this chase, of this lost chase. Three injured police officers, suspect not apprehended. Um, they're, they got divers in the river. Mulder just immediately, as soon as he switches over, he pops on a tape, hits record. Yep. There's some important facts here, says female reporter. 60-mile high-speed chase. 60 miles. That's a long way to chase a dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. Yep. <laughs> well, I didn't we have... have that Mulder-like attention. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, it's captions, dude. But uh, <laughs> Captain Roy Lacero, Lacerio, is that what it is? Uh, I just put Captain. Yeah. It's Captain. Captain. But um, they're asking... They're asking him some questions, and he's like, I'm sorry, you'll have to excuse me. Captain Roy Lacerio being pulled away during an intense manhunt. Boom, 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 boom. Badass. Intense man. Manhunts, man. Come on. I now, like how it f- fades, though, right into dude, him rewatching the tape. Come on. That's awesome, isn't it? It's great. It's Love done that. well. Love that kind of transition. Yep. It's a good transition. Just pulls back. He's in the office. He's got that patented molder like half lean, half sit on the desk, mm-hmm. talking to Scully. They're watching the tape, and he's just trying to find something. Yep. He's playing, backing up, playing, pausing. He's got this cool little VCR, FBI thing, where you, you get that still, and you get a clean printout of that shot. Hell and he's, yeah. he's building them up in his hand. And importantly, we, we see this one individual mm-hmm. in the background, this one Crew- agent-looking guy. Crew cut man? Crew cut man. <laughs> Crew cut Fucking man. awesome. <laughs> so <clears throat> we got a shot of him, but we see Mulder has a stack of them in his hand already. He does. So he's just, he's looking for something or anything. And Scully is kind of questioning him. Like, what is it you're looking for? And why, why are you so convinced something is there? And Mulder shockingly says, as far as I can tell, he wouldn't pull over a movie violation to which she says, well, that ought to put him on the 10 top, top 10 most wanted list. Because she's being funny. Because she's Scully. There's got to be something here. He's so convinced that something is here. Right? And she yeah. says, of course. How do you know he's just not yanking your chain, this deep throat character? Why would he do that? Right? And Scully reminds him, as we know, that he's lied to you before. By his own admission. What was that? Um, is that deep throat? Uh, not sorry. Not deep throat. Fallen angel? Yes. What is the one that we really talked about? The, the great value he adds to that episode. Uh, it was Fallen Angel. I think so. Yep. And that's the last time we had an extended. He, he's popped up twice. I think twice since then. Yeah. But that was the last time we got like a real extended exposure to him. Right. But yeah, we've, as Scully points out, he has lied to you before. He's told you. Like you, you know for sure he withheld shit from you. And mm-hmm. he lied to you. And Mulder is just, Duncan, what is he convinced. doing? He's Mulder. on his goddamn truth quest. Of course. Yep. And he says, well, listen, 
his his logic is <laughs> is a bit flawed. I don't think he'd call if there wasn't something here. He ends up being right, of course, because he's Mulder. But it's not necessarily so if he's a known liar. But Scully said, well, let me play along, Mulder. What are, what are we missing? What, what's going on here? To which they decide they're going to go to the ship works in Arles, Maryland. They're going to go. Yeah, sure. And Mulder's going to drag her along. Because, you know, you don't have casework to do. You're just <laughs> like... This is the best job ever. Yeah, it's great. You just literally pursue whatever case like picks your fan- fancy. You're like, do you do you remember? Ooh. Of course, you remember the wire. Yeah, and you know, was it Knowles, the fucking captain? You see this right here, McNulty. He has the middle finger up. <laughs> that fucking guy. When they're trying to clear murders on the board, they want him to go from red to black, and they yep. just can't. They got so many uncleared. What <laughs> what does their case like whiteboard look like? Not only that, but in, in yes, they have less manpower than the narco units in, in the wire or the murder police, but they go everywhere. I mean, I understand why they get shut down by the end of this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of their own volition. It's what we call in the corporate world, marginal dilutive. <laughs> <laughs> the government could spend its money elsewhere better. Oh, fuck. And I'm sorry. I have to correct myself after fucking... BP nine thousand, correct him in the chat. <laughs> EBE, not 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 fallen angel. Uh, that that's what we were talking about. That's that is perhaps the greatest example of the cloak and dagger shit. Of course, of course. How could we forget about EBE? God, I wish I did a podcast on this. <laughs> we should probably listen to a good one to know our facts <laughs> next time. <laughs> well, anyway, they are going to talk to the to captain. I guess you're saying so. I'll, let me switch mine here. Well, I don't know if you were aware, but there were three different law enforcement agencies out here last night. Well, that's something. Yeah, it's a lot for a moving violation, huh? Yeah, I mean, guys, stop calling it a moving... You're in the FBI, okay? So you probably forgot what those are, but a 50-mile high-speed chase is a felony, okay? Right. It's not a, it, it's not a fucking you park near a hydrant. It was a moving violation when you tried to pull them over in the first place, and then a 50-mile-per-hour <laughs> chase with, with... Assaulting a police officer. Three, three <laughs> injured police officers in the line of duty, and, you know, obviously a lot of property damage. Yeah, no longer a moving violation. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it started. It's become relatively serious. Like, Captain, come on. The Captain's like, yeah, there were like 19 police guys down here. I mean, yeah, no shit. He beat the brakes off of your whole force <laughs> after he dragged him halfway across the state. So, yeah. But no, I guess the point is, is three different organizations. Now, that, that's red flag territory in a conspiratorial TV show. Yeah, sort of. Well, that but and the green blood. Within the, within the realm of believability. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sounds of the Lambs. So. Little Sounds of the Lambs shout out. <laughs> I like it, yeah. So I good. know it's not Sounds Lambs, but it's what we do. So good. So um, Mulder's got questions about Crew Cut Man. Yep. Uh, guy doesn't recognize him. He's not in uniform. He doesn't have a visible badge displayed. Hey, Mulder, neither do you. So <laughs> not that weird. You, you don't have like your badge pinned to your fucking little trench coat. Pull it out, asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I like how the captain here kind of turns it on him. And it's like, what's the FBI's interest? And Mulder tries a smokescreen and mm. gets absolutely lit up. Dude, he gets fucking <laughs> smushed. <laughs> and shockingly, this captain still kind of throws him a bone. Right. Right? Well, what's he said? He's, he's like, oh, Mulder's like, oh, he matches the description. He's like, funny, none was released. <laughs> yeah, there was no, 
No description released. Well, Mulder like, just blows past it. Uh, the guy's move. like, all right. Well, he, here's where the car is. We had it impounded. Yeah. So we better go to the impound. And they do. They do. Scully tells us some stuff. She says, the report says that the car was registered to a rental agency in Gaithersburg. They, have, they had no idea that the car was even missing. You know, Mulder, I think that we're wasting our time here. Well, it's almost like Mulder and Scully have this shtick where he drags her all over the place. And uh, she can't quite see clearly as to what's going on at first because it is outrageous until Mulder is invariably right. <laughs> it, it is a, is a well-established well-established thing. Scully yeah. is just along reluctantly for the ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, Everybody has their little dance, right? Batman and Robin. Yeah. Mulder yep. and Scully. Uh, there will be a great moment I'm looking forward to talking about <laughs> shortly in the episode. But right now, Scully's still eh, at least reluctantly on board with Mulder's infatuation with this case. And they do find something interesting about this car, right? Yeah, they do. Look at the windshield. Okay. It's, it's not, not the, car. the same. Right. Muller shakes his head. Hmm. 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 So all they have to go off is this um there's a sticker on the inside window or inside portion of the windshield. And uh what do they call that? Kadoosh that it's that little <laughs> cr- varied cross like the Yeah, you're you're close. It's called a caduceus or something. <laughs> Skadoosh. It's called, I think Skadoosh. it's fucking Medusa, like you can't look in her eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that thing, like with the EMS shit, and the little, uh, <laughs> there's like a serpent winding up it, something like that. Yes. It's like the boom. Medical, it's, a, it's part of the medical cabal or something, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They cure diseases or something? Something about doing no harm, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's on the inside of the car, and eventually they also get some info off the tape that the what they can see of the license plate doesn't match. So Mulder goes off what he has. He, he, he calls up good old Danny. Danny Caduceus, I guess is how it's spelled. C-A-D-U-E-C-E-U-S. There you go. Some Greek shit. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, uh, Mulder uses one of his contacts. Like he's a role playing character. Oh my God. Danny is so over. He's so OP. Danny. (laughs) Wicked OP. So ridiculous. Dean, that's a major contact. Right. But that if you fail that points, role, I'm killing Danny. It costs three points of background to get, I, though. I'm fucking stupid. But he's like, good. I, I spent those points, dude, in character creation. Don't fuck me. All right. Well, what do you have to go off of? Would that be three alpha? Three alpha Lima Fox, something like that? Yeah. No, that's Alf. It's not that. But it's close. Elf? <laughs> Whatever. He's got four four out of six digits of a of a license plate and it's a he knows the car make model color and that it's probably owned by a doctor so very believable that you can pretty much run that through a computer and probably get one two or three people that that belongs to right so they do and i like how they just cut out that whole we don't have to watch that because there's no point like absolutely this this episode does this in spades they do it's great like that yep this this could have like I feel like later on, Fox would have dragged this into a two-parter. Right. And fucking sucked balls is the problem, though. Right? A hundred percent. Because there's not enough enough meat for two parts, Mm -hmm. but you could definitely put a lot of extra potatoes. Right. And And who wants that? But they don't. Exactly. It's it's very slick. It's not not gluten-free, but it's a pretty high-protein diet. I concur. They, They cut right through it. Boom. The immediate next... 
scene is Mulder and Scully showing up at MGM Corp talking to Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg. It's tough to say, but I'm talking to Dr. Barube. Barube. Yes. Where would the FBI? Can we have many of your time? I'm actually quite busy. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you with it a car? Which you was involved in the high speed chase, and he's like, ah, my slave took it or something, right? <laughs> I, he's a white doctor. I don't know what he's got going on. He's a white I don't know doctor. what kind of get out shit this guy's doing. <laughs> Fucking guy, my slave yeah. went to the grocery store or something. He says, right? <laughs> or is it a housekeeper? Much. I can't remember. Yeah, housekeeper. I don't get mixed up in those affairs. <laughs> By the way, not that nice of a car. I was thinking like, the same thing. You got like a live-in housekeeper? Yeah? And you're sending her out? Well, that must be just your like, that's your housekeeper car. Right. Because they, you know, you don't want to give them the He's best. not driving back and forth to MGM in that fucking dump. No. But, no. you know, you need to send the, you need to send out the, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, her. for sure. He, he's got some serious European... You know, horsepower in his in his M gem like work car. I would this imagine is... he has one of those douchey fucking foreign plates. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh that. yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. He's got that European Union plate on the front. I'm like, dude, you aren't in the French Connection. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but it's annoying me. It's a second car, of course. Scully taps cage bars, right? When they go fucking with the monkeys. Yeah, as a doctor might do. Yeah. Just randomly rattles the cages of experimental monkeys? Yep. Come on, Scully. I wouldn't even Come be on. within throwing distance. In fact, I wouldn't let it get an angle on me. No. I don't know what's going to happen in there. Dude, she says after, oh, I thought they were friendly. Scully, you're really? adorable. <laughs> really? You're a medical doctor and a scientist and an FBI agent. You're just going <laughs> to fucking You've seen tap- crazy shit. Yeah, you know, it's- you got to get to a point 26 episodes in. Where you're like, all right, I'm at this again with Mulder, and I'm and I'm following up on this weird lead with this odd doctor, and I'm, and I'm in this room with a cage full of monkeys. You have to have the self-aware. You know, it's like when I yell at The Walking Dead when they don't say zombie, and they don't pretend not to know about them. Remember, you guys have seen movies, right, in your world? It's like, Mulder and Scully, you know where you are. You're 26 in. You got it, like, like you're saying. She might, just, she might be a little bit like, you know what, I could just... Just give me Ebola and make it quick, fast. She Smell could. my organs out. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with another 24 episodes of this guy. Yeah. Put me on a plane. Yeah. But he, Ruby gets awfully indignant. Yeah. I mean, he's busy. You know, he's, I, he's, he's, he is an aristocrat as far as he's concerned. He has a slave yeah. who has her own car. And now these lesser beings are talking to him. Law enforcement, you know. I think I've answered all your questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, Going back to it, your car was used in a felony, so you haven't actually answered our questions. But, <laughs> but for the sake of you know whatever, they fold pretty quickly here and mm-hmm. and go outside. And that might be a little silly, but I love this interaction with Mulder and Scully outside. Yeah, when Scully just had yeah, had great. enough. Yep. Uh, by the way, I like that he asks, "Did he bite you?" That was a cute little almost red herring. Yeah, you're right. Right. Referring to the monkey, not the doctor. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> my indefinite, my, my elusive pronouns here are not helping. But so, yeah. Um, yeah, this is this. Why don't you, this is your, uh, your, you pointed this out. So take me through this, this awesome dialogue here. 
Well, it's great. Mulder's just like, okay, well, what's the next, what's the next stop on the truth train? The the next stop is... (laughs) All aboard! Housekeeper, here we go. And Scully, folded arms and everything. She's like, I'm using everything I learned in my body language class at the FBI to tell you I'm fucking done here. And she just says it. She's like... Does she, like, does she say abs- this has reached a point of absurdity or something? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I didn't have it renowned for word for word, but she's like, crosses her arms and looks at Mulder and she's like, this is it. Like, we are out here on the slimmest of, of leads. We're pursuing something. Now you're just chasing it down to the, to the nth degree. There, there's, there's nothing here. Like, she she basically draws a line in the sand. She Cause, goes. Cause she's, her she concern goes, is deep throw. Yeah, right. Yeah, she says we like, don't know you this know, fuck. You don't know this fuck, and like we haven't found anything to show that there's something here to look into. This is crazy. You know, probably there are real cases that should get attention. You know, there's probably people being kidnapped and killed and <laughs> <laughs> all that stupid, boring FBI stuff. <laughs> Probably that awaits you. No, but you found a goddamn nucleotide, so <laughs> we better, you know, funnel all the money in. But I love it. She it's, just draws it's, it's a line good. in the sand. Yeah. She's like, "No, dude, done, over." And a just line of questioning and, and a just line of contention to take with Mulder. My liege. Yes, a just question. <laughs> you know what I love too. I, I know I've brought this up at least once before, but there are times when Mulder seems hell-bent and Scully draws a stark line and she kind of gives Mulder just a complete piece of her mind, almost borderline monologue at times. And then in the next scene, we see Mulder completely having shifted his tune. Yeah. That's because when Scully does that, it's so grounded and it's so correct and increasingly, Mulder has so much trust in her that despite his flights of fancy, which often end up working out really well for him, those things hammer through at times. So the very next scene we go to is Mulder walking on home. His apartment, yeah. Right? Deep throat outside. Hey. And now it's Mulder giving deep throat a piece of, little piece of ass. Little piece of scully. Yeah. He's like, 100% She's like, here. this is my Scully hot potato. It's too hot for my pockets. I'm going to put it in your pockets. That's kind of what's happening here. And he just, listen, yep. calling it a night, Mr. Mulder. My mother usually takes me home before the streetlights come on. So funny. And yeah. uh, I, like, I, like this, I like this manipulative and, and passive aggressive, I'm surprised at you shit deep throat throws at him. Your level of oh, commitment it, seems to have diminished. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> what a bastard. It's so manipulative. Knows how to push Mulder's buttons. And Mulder's, of course. Right, of course. And Mulder's like, why you didn't give me anything to work on? And it's just, listen, I, I, I've given you all I can. My news report, and where has it led you? Not very far. You throw chuckles. Again, he's a bastard like this. That's what makes him the perfect, this type of character. Chuckling at you when you tell him what he's given you. Right, throwing you a bare bone, mm-hmm. barely a scrap of meat on that bone. But he's and laughing at you as if you don't see the meat on it. Yeah, how infuriating is that? Especially for Mulder. Oh, it's beautiful. But we got to go back to 
and I just want to reference oh, this. Carmel later brought it. it up. The last line that Scully tells him, because it's such a great one. Oh, right. Mulder says, <clears throat> you think he does it because he gets off on it? And Scully says, no. I think he does it because you do. Fucking. So. She flipped him. Ha- yep. And a hard cut from that to this interaction. Mm. And it's so perfect. Yeah. And, she, and it's completely affected Mulder. She flipped and, him. And how he. Yep. Because every time before this, you know, with the exception of that one scene in EBE, it's like when Mulder has anything from Deep Throat, he just, he's oh, taking any little string he can pull and just going with it as much as he can get. And, okay, these are all strings of the truth. And here he's like, dude, come on. you got to be kidding me. But Which drives Mulder insane. Yeah. You, you know, Throat, the, the don't give up on this one. Trust me, you've never been closer. Closer to what? And Deep Throat just sort of sighs. I mean, Mulder's going to go bonkers because he Deep Throat's almost insulting him at this point. By by suggesting this is so obvious, I can't believe you don't see it. Yeah, yeah, it's he, quite manipulative. Deep Throat doubles down on his shenanigans. Of course he does. That's it. Like Mulder calls him out on like basically feeding him scraps and and expecting him to just keep digging through in the dark for the truth. Mm-hmm. And Deep Throat just straight up doubles down. Mm-hmm. Of course and he knows. He's like, oh, you don't know how he, to cook the scraps. You can make real good soup with those craps. Don't he you knows know Mulder, and he, and he gets it right. <laughs> gets it right. Yeah. Well, back to MGen Corp in Gaithersburg. Ruby's hanging out, checking out a microscope. Monkeys doing their things. In the, in the pitch dark as, yeah, as what, scientists dude, do. Hey, scientists, where's your overheads? Where's your... <laughs> Lights, man. I guess I guess that last grant couldn't cover all the electricity. He's like, it's rolling brownouts. This is very much like Roland. The scientists working yeah. in the dark uh, alone uh, in labs at night. Of course. On multi million dollar projects. Awesome. And who rolls in? Crew cup man. Working late tonight, doctor. That is not how we talk. I make him sound like a bad guy in like a Spanish soap opera. <laughs> working late tonight, doctor. What do you want here? Um, awesome that this guy shows up because we saw this guy on the tape. Yep. Oh, so that's what Deep Throat's given us. And I like that that Dr. Barube here, mm. he, he doesn't know who this guy is. Yep. So the stakes go up, but then there's a little bit of like, oh shit, like he doesn't know what, because he says, listen, I already, are you with the FBI? They already came here. Yep. I already told them what I know. And you're like, oh shit! Like he doesn't know what he's getting wrapped up in right here. And, and the, and the answer is perfect for a man seeking information that's being slick. He says, "What questions?" Yeah. Because he doesn't know what questions were asked, but he'd like to know. And if he says it in such a way, the doctor might just answer, give you the information you're seeking. But the but Barube's pretty slick. He's like, well, "I have nothing to say to you." Oh, really? <laughs> Well, I guess so just Marty and then. Yeah. Where's Dr. Sa- is it Sakari? Sakari, Sa- I think. Sakari. Uh, Sicario? No. <laughs> Sicario. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Dr. Josh Brolin Sicario. <laughs> um Sakar. Sakar? Sakar. Sakar. There you go. Sakar. Scarred. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he um just kind of chuckles. My work is very important. I'm always gonna with my work. I'm afraid your work is done. Ding, ding, ding. Ching. Violence off screen. Oh, yeah. Monkeys are yeah. freaking out. Take that, motherfucker. That's what you get for poking us. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, man. And we get, uh, 
we get clearly some violence off screen, and then there's a quick cut back to the the docks, the initial... Uh, yeah, they're doing dive teams to look for uh, bodies for uh, yep. Sakar. And basically, the captain calls off the dive teams, and then Costs Sakar them goes... fortune in overtime. Yeah. Sakar <laughs> goes, fucking apocalypse now, coming out of the water. <laughs> dude, I thought the same shit, man. <laughs> I was like, that or like Mission Impossible. I'm like, dude, the last time a white man's head crested the water so slowly, so many Southeast Asians died. <laughs> I was really nervous that he was going to have an M60 or something. And I told yeah. all my Vietnamese friends to hide. I'm like, when he gets like this, he doesn't know the VC from you guys, so hit the fucking trail. I sure hope this warehouse isn't in Chinatown because... <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Fuck. Right? I mean, we're we're talking record numbers, so... <laughs> Fortunately, that didn't happen because that would have been pretty intense. Yep. And more kind of cutting through... Uh, like middle ground we did need to see is Mulder and Scully are just back at the lab at MGEM and it's oh, right. crime scene. Where's that again? Gaithersburg. Sorry. Let's say it good every old, time. Good old Gatling, Gatling, Gatlingburg gun machine Birdville. <laughs> <laughs> but they're back there. Yeah. Uh, there's some quick like flashes of crime scene photography. and That was uh, slick too. I thought that yep. was, it's funny, you don't see a lot of stylized stuff in this show and I thought it it kind of lended a little bit of weight to this. It, it did, it, almost in that documentary style, but it wasn't too much. Yeah, gave it a, just a, a, a touch. touch more than a regular episode. Right, like, you know, oof, it, this guy's dead. This is serious. A touch of cinematography. Yeah, yeah, there you That's go. That's all you need. Um, kind of sheriff's I, I, uh, calling it what, Josh? Calling it a suicide. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I like, you know, there's a lot of good evidence to go off here that, you know, maybe that doesn't make sense, and obviously... Mulder, being conspiratorially minded, is going to see some other things. But I like that how he references, like, no, the Reed, I met this guy. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He wouldn't Dude, trash his office and then... He wouldn't, he wouldn't trash his office and then pull <laughs> Greg Louganis out the window. Yeah, that's what you're going off? Like, your, your deep, like, personal understanding of this man in his psychological state? Like that's that's a little bit of a stretch, Mulder. Mm-hmm. That's a stretch, uh, Mulder. I don't suppose there were any witnesses. You mean in the middle of the night at the lab? <laughs> Definitely not. And it's you know, I mean, hey, it's for sure a suspect. Yeah. Well, they and, of course it, it, they just visited him and he killed himself. Of course. Yep. But the important things. What do they find out here? That he, this doctor, Doctor Barube, mm-hmm. worked on the Human Genome Project. Dude, Harvard Med, nineteen seventy four. Mapping of all human genes, maybe the most ambitious scientific endeavor in the history of mankind. Did you know that? Mm. Well, now you do. Scully says, "Right, but there's nothing extraordinary about that." I mean, there were thousands of scientists working on the project, of course, right? Because that's the next logical thing to say. Right. It wasn't just like three guys, like it is in a crazy spy movie. It's like hundreds of thousands of scientists, literally across the globe. Right. And, and here's a guy that, you know, it's funny. You can look at this and be like, come on, like, this isn't that big of a deal. It's, it's not a huge, important lab. He's here at night. It's kind of a small thing. But that kind of eventually kind of adds credence back to yes. what's really going on. He's the only one like, who owned a, a Silver Sierra that went bungee jumping with medical gauze wrapped around his neck. You know what? Strong point, mm-hmm. Mulder. And uh, when you're in law enforcement, I guess where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Hey, Scully. Yes? Take this Erlenmeyer flask. Ooh. Marked purity control and check it out. <laughs> okay. Tell me what you find. Um, okay. Meanwhile, I'm going to unlawfully enter this man's home with no warrant. Okay. Do you understand that you f- no evidence can be used in the court of law if you do that? <laughs> oh, Scully, you know me better. There's a constitution in place. <laughs> Scully, when's the last time you saw me in a court of law? Come on. Uh, I don't solve crimes. I'm here for we, the truth. We never solve crimes. People just die around us. <laughs> and then we get in trouble by Skinner and wonder why the world is so mean to us. You must be thinking about CSI. This isn't that kind of show. Yeah, they wrapped that shit up in 40 minutes. Tip top. <laughs> the fastest DNA results of all time. <laughs> nope. No. We are here for the bigger tea. Let's go to uh, 2650 West First Street in Artist, Maryland, Josh. Climb in the car. We're going to go for a ride. Sure. Yeah. Is this, um, is this Berube's home address? Dr. T.A. Berube. Dr. T.A. Berube. To be specific. <laughs> Mulder knocks on the door, looks in the mailbox, mm. then just goes around and just finds an unlocked window and lets himself in. And he goes. But we're going to give that a break because that's chaos. We better, get, we better hop over. Get back in the car. We're going to Georgetown University, microbiology. <laughs> Dr. Carpenter. Is this the girl from Born Again? The cop? No. Is it? it, it I, I felt like it was. I didn't look it up. I was just like, it's is this hair? Is it horse it's, face? It's the hair. Is it? Okay. I think it's the she hair. she had a, almost like an accent. I was like, is that horse face? I'm like, you, you're going <laughs> to convince me you're a microbiologist? Stop it. I do like that, you know, I love when they use, you know, Scully is a genius. She's a scientist. She's a medical doctor. But I like that at times, even she, the series shows, has to consult an actual expert. Right. Because... It's, we, we tend to have this thing where we're like, oh, he's a scientist. He must know everything about everything science-related. But there's so many specializations in those vocations. Yeah, it, it, it's outrageous, outrageous to think that. Scully is a medical doctor, so therefore she knows anything remotely scientific at all times, and she's up to date on everything. It's like doctors in nutrition. So many of them don't know jack shit about nutrition, and they're pale and unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, what? You so, know, yeah, like, so she... She's going to a, a top shelf university microbiology department, right? And uh, they're taking a peek at this at this purity control specimen. And Doctor Carpenter here, she thinks, uh, all right, kind of looks like bacteria, hmm. and then gets a little excited, right? And, and I mean, I'm curious enough to ask you where you got it as soon as I look at it under the slide, right? That's cool. Very cool. And she's like, well, we've come a long way from Colonel Mustard in the den with a rope. Mm, interesting choice of words. Arrest her! She strangled <laughs> the doctor. No. But um, Scully um, kind of plays it off like it's going to be nothing. But she says, no, 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 no. I mean, look at this. Well, the size of bacteria, but no bacteria I've ever seen. Well, how do you mean? Most bacteria are symmetrical and smooth. These are, I don't know, it's strange. And she says, well, can you identify them? Well, we could do a freeze fracture, take a thin slice off, and see what's going on inside these babies, if you don't mind waiting. And Scully says, I'll wait. I mean, this lady's put aside her day and stayed into the night. So that should say something. That's significant. Right. She She's not doing this out of, like, some sort of... This is her curiosity for to her help discipline. Serve. 
because of the interests of scientifically. Absolutely. Like that's, that's how much is going on here. Awesome. Love it. Like every, yeah, that's what's great. It's like, it, this makes sense. She's seeing something that she's never seen before. An expert in her field. Yes. In a very, very small, specific field. Yes. She's like, what the fuck are we working at? And, and we're going to go back to, to Ruby, his house. But, but dude, I just want to take note. We're probably 20, we're halfway through the episode, I guess, at this point, roughly. And, I, I mean, I am deep. I'm on the edge of my couch. I'm like, yes, this is awesome, man. We're, we're moving. There's no fat. There's no bullshit. It's, it's the stakes going up. They're raising the tension. The storytelling makes sense. And that's why this episode's so fucking good. Yeah. It's this shit, man. It's just tight. Tight. Yeah. They, they, there was more they could do. They cut that out and they kept, they kept the bare bones. Mm-hmm. This is a lean, mean fighting machine of an episode. Right. Bruce Lee says, it's not always the addition, Josh, but sometimes the subtraction. <laughs> right? The hacking away of the non-essentials. I like it. Yeah. I, I never thought you'd compare an exile episode to Bruce Lee's. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Mulder turns on Barube's desk lamp and sits down in his chair. He opens up. A- sits down in his chair, looks through his personal <laughs> files, makes a call from his personal phone. What a jackass. Dude, you have a cell phone. He calls see it- Danny with what the balls on this guy. We see it in 10 minutes. Dude, you've legally entered this house and you're making a call from, from this guy's house phone? Come on, Mulder. He's terrible Look, at law. Just call Danny. Call Danny up. <laughs> And uh, apparently, this guy only called one number. It's, so it's either like a he's e- he's either a Mulder, and it's like a you know phone sex kind of thing, yep. or or he's got something else going on. Hmm. Well, so he calls Danny, says, "Give me a trace in this number." And then I like I in need the an background. Address, yep. <laughs> in the background, never. Oh, they don't, this is so good, dude! It's great that they don't. You know, it's easy, it's obvious, but at the same time. A lot of shows would would beat it over your head, and they would change the camera focus to focus. Nah. Nope. They just trust that you're seeing this clearly in the background as Mulder's talking. And then when the phone rings again, and Mulder picks it up and answers it like it's going to be Danny, forgetting that he's in a man's home that he broke into, and it's not Danny. Dude, that shot to the window and him with the parabolic mic, it's good. God, yeah, that's good. sick. I just expected to hear like football pads clanking together. You know, they use the parabolic mics for those. They have them on the sidelines at football games. You see them all the time. I was like, oh my God, it's a parabolic mic. That's so old school. <laughs> and I like when X-Files does it and they kind of do it through a lot of the series, you know, but there's times when the subject matter they're talking about is enhanced in like a way and eventually we get to the super soldiers at the very end of the show. But when the bad guy, you know, this, this ominous looking figure, really he's like a relatively plain looking guy. Yeah. Because that's some believable shit right there. Is that, you know, I mean, if you want to believe in actual like black government agencies and dudes that just go around and are ready to like kill anybody that needs to get killed to get the job done, they don't look like, you know, fucking Hemsworth. Correct. They look like this guy. Exactly. Like they would, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to believe. And it's awesome. He's a pretty unremarkable, just kind of ominous looking dude out there. Mm-hmm. 
But we see him being very capable and very ruthless. Absolutely. But if so, it was yeah. if it was Hemsworth, he could kill me. Am I right, girls? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's a giant fucking totally, completely not nondescript. Yeah, completely turn every like, one's whoa. head, man and Holy woman. Shit, who's that giant by? fucking Norwegian kid? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But um, yeah, man. But yeah, he gets a call, and it's um, it's Doctor Sakar. It is. And apparently he doesn't recognize the voice of his long, long friend, <laughs> Dr. Berube. But hey, hey he's, he's, been he's shot. critically injured. He's critically, he's critically wounded. Injured. His, his faculties are impaired, Josh. Sure. <laughs> um, this is cool. This, is that this you? little exchange. Yeah. Talk to me about this. And especially like the bystander aspect is just kind of cool. That's just it's so awesome. Random and kind of believable. 100% believable. I, I also love, first of all, the, the, the exchange is great. The guy not giving the information because I would sense a you're going to panic a little in that moment if you've never dealt with somebody injured before, right? You're, you're going to be yeah. like, oh my god, and just hang up and try to get him help right away. You're not going to be like the address. You don't even know you you don't have the faculty to do that. I just loved it, and I liked Mulder's reaction like that. Ah, oh, fuck, fuck. You know, like that. God, just that yeah. that clue slipping away. But yeah, it's just good. I've been in the waters three days. I'm hurt. Where are you now? I'm at a payphone. I'm going to pick you up. Where are you? This man's been hurt. But dude, yep. the shit in the ambulance. Oh, the ambulance shit is great. Awesome. This is science fiction awesome shit. Terrifying. Totally. It's like the fact that a gas escapes his body and it just takes them down. Wow. That is so cool. It's cool as shit. And it's cool that it's it's unintentional right yeah you see they're like and they're saying there's a green a dark green liquid coming out and but they say in medical terms out of his upper right quadrant sure he's talking it's cool like that's real shit like he's that's that's a paramedic that's an als unit and he's on the phone with like probably a surgeon or whatever back in the hospital who's giving some additional maybe some sort of lead paramedic if they're just emts or something yep no this guy's definitely a paramedic if he's doing a Doing attention. Oh, the, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy in the truck is a paramedic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's getting he's getting info from the hospital and like, okay, all right, boom, I'm gonna do this. And he he pops that and immediately Awesome. And it's not like overdone, like they don't have to do like crazy no, like, like green gas up and boiling. Shit. I love that it's just like it's subtle and they just start like grabbing their eyes and the ambulance kind of loses control and they pile out and then Sakar like jumps out of the back of the ambulance and just runs. Dude. That's great. It's great. Yeah, man. And and I like like there's these two lines that are both they're both very hot on different things. Scully and Mulder. Mulder's got this info about Zeus storage, right? That's the the phone he, number he, he got gets. that right before the ambulance scene, sixteen Pandora Street. Oh yep. boy, that's adorable. <laughs> Pandora Street. Hey, big surprise. Got this one from uh, from BP nine thousand. That actual building is that actual address. You can you can find it on Google Earth. That's so that's a cool. real address for that real building. But what <laughs> a great what a great thing to use Pandora for the for the of course it's the perfect yeah it's great yeah I thought like totally fake of course it's fake of course, Pandora's box of course great right of course it's great I like it well yeah Scully got some info yeah yeah break this down for me science man I got you. So, 
first first things first. You know, it's me. He's alive. It's going, who? The fugitive. Where is he now? I don't know. Who are you? I'm a Georgetown microbiology. And um, and she's like, I got something for you. He's just probably a silver Sierra. Um, Scully says, much. And it's not silver. It's green. And she says, it's a bacteria, each containing virus. And it looks as if Barubi may have been cloning them. They also have something that looks like chloroplasts, which I guess is plant cells. Okay? And then she goes on to say, well, what are they doing with them? And Scully says, well, the only reason why you can clone a virus, the only reason you clone a virus inside a bacteria, which sounds bananas, is in order to inject it into something living, and we call that gene therapy. And It's highly experimental, right? 1994. Right. So Mulder says, well, maybe that's what he was doing with those monkeys. Can, can they tell you anything else? Scully says, yeah. They're about to run some primary cell cultures in a DNA sequence. And she's, she kind of walks away, gets private, and she says, look, I may be understanding the strangeness of this, Mulder. Bacteria like this, it may have existed, but not for millions of years since before our ancestors first crawled out of the sea. Boom. Oh, boy. That's a weighty. And Mulder barely listens to her. Yeah. Keep up the good the work. The fuck? <laughs> fuck, dude. Hey, buddy. He, he's sitting outside zoo storage, and he's so caught up in the moment that he doesn't hear... Like, is she not it's, hearing it's, it's what outrageous. she's saying? It's weird. It's weird even for Mulder. Like, that was the one thing that watching him, like, I don't really get why he's not putting enough weight on this. Well, I think they uh, they show us in this next scene. He's He's feeling it, right? Yeah, I think he just, he thinks he's, he's kind of already mentally, not mentally a step ahead in, in that he's like, processing faster or quicker but like he's he's about to physically be at the place which is going to show him beyond crazy shit. what the the trace that scully's found it's almost, I, I guess it's almost like uh it's like his instinct is like i can imagine the butterflies in his stomach right now right by the way like greatly exaggerated by can i just say this real quick because we're gonna sure. move past it quick um the dolly shot they call this or, or more like a dolly zoom so what they do he looks down the hall um, and then they do this, they cut back to him and they do a dolly zoom, which is the most badass shot in fucking, it's such a disorientating shot to do. If you watch, it's right about the 2144 second mark as right before he starts to look down at the keys. Um, they, do the, they do this thing where they, they, they're either rolling the camera towards him or away from him while zooming away or towards him. It's the opposite. So if I'm rolling the camera towards him, I'm zooming away from him. And it's just really, they did, you know what, dude, your fucking favorite movie, Jaws. Oh, They yeah. do a dolly shot when they have, what's his name's head in the frame. It's just like, ooh. And it's like, it looks like the beach is dropping out behind uh, On the him. beach. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they do yeah. it right here. And it's, it's cool because it's supposed to be a very disorientating effect. And I was like, whoa, they just did a fucking dolly zoom in X-Files. That's so, so cool. And it's just like, you're watching this, you're like, it's a season finale, extraterrestrial DNA, a fucking dolly zoom. Oh my God. What are these? You know, you're, you're ready, man. I'm so pumped at this point in the episode. I'm so ready for this shit. Like, what yeah. could he possibly discover? Is it a you're great white shark real- murdering everyone? <laughs> you're going to see some real shit. <laughs> right, exactly. It's at he least fishes- as awesome as that, right? It's got to that, be. That's great, man. That's great. It's really cool. They've yeah, never done I don't, I've never seen that shot in the show. 
before. You know, and you've pointed out a couple, and you're always you're always way way better at this than me. There was another episode we talked about. I think it was Genderbender, maybe where where you pointed out some really cool cinematic shit mm. because of because of all the movies you cover and everything. You, yeah, you kind of have a a, be, a much better eye for it than I do. But it's those kind of things which you know to a layman you can't point them out. You know, I'm not going to point them out. I'm not going to describe them nearly as well as you do. But it's a thing that you makes feel it feel bigger. Yeah, it feels you go, oh, more that's impactful. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, you can watch like Kubrick's a good example, right? You can watch Kubrick and be like, "Oh God, I feel <laughs> sick." Like you might not know what he's doing, and it doesn't really matter. But he's making it's music, right? I don't know what fucking pentatonic scale you're using, but I know that that makes me feel something. It's cool, man. It's just, and I just thought, oh God, this is gross. What's Mulder about to do here? You know, I was yeah, pumped. And you might as I, well pull those shit out, man, in, in the season one finale. Like, yeah. let's, let's whoop it on. Hell yeah. Good shit, man. Um, here we are. Yeah. 1056, I think is the key, right? Yep. Walks in there. Dude. This and is I, awesome. Yeah. I like that it's just kind of immediate. It's they, so they, immediate. You just walk in, and he just sees it. And you're there with him walking around it. God, and, and it's just, this is also shot well, right? He he comes in the door, and the camera's backs off of him. He's already seen it. So the camera's backing off of him, and then it and then it starts to pan left as he turns his head and looks over, and we then see it. It's not like it cuts over his shoulder, and we see what he sees. It's much more, much more tense, the way it rolls around and it's like, look what he sees. This is fucking insane, dude. Like these guys, their dick and balls are floating in the water. They're, they're totally naked underwater. What? Yeah, they, they have no breathing apparatus. God. These are adult humans in tanks. And he just kind of slowly walks through. Like, are they? They don't look dead. are these right? things? And then one of them oh, moves. See you Not later. Not a little bit. Sprinting. Not a little bit. Sprinting like, out of there. This is where I lose fully. my job. <laughs> I'm not fighting Fishman. Come on. Ugh. Yeah, that's Fishman. This is some Aquaman shit. This is Aquaman shit. Right. Hey, can I just jump back for one second? Please. You know, keying off what you just picked out, we're talking about... Um, the, the cinematics in this episode. So the director, um, R.W. Goodwin, okay. hasn't, done a, hasn't done a ton, um, largely credited for what he did in the X-Files, and not even that much, but which, which ones did he get tagged for? <laughs> this one, season one finale. Season two, One Breath, which was a huge uh, three-part wrap-up episode. Yep. Ne- next episode in season two, season two finale. What else did he do? Season one, first episode. Season three, last episode. Season four, wow. first episode. This guy's a season mercenary. Four. Season four, last Stop episode. It. Dude, I'm fucking serious. They can't afford him. Right? Season five, <laughs> first episode. Season five, last episode. Dude. This guy did the first and last episode God. of seasons three through five. This guy's a fucking closer and an opener. He did four straight season finales for X-Files. He's the bookends, this guy. That's so That's gangster. crazy. What a cool little thing. I'm so glad you, you brought this shit up that I looked into it and been like, That's wow. so insane, Would have never thought about it. That's very cool. Very man. fucking cool. Great, great pickup. That's, that's total. By the way, 
one other thing. You know, the guy moves in the tub, but but what is what does somebody do here that really wants to get cute? He moves quickly and aggressively, and it's a jump scare. This is yep. this is more unsettling. Yes, because he just shifts, and you're like, "Oh fuck, don't do that!" Jump scare. He looks at the camera. Camera zooms in. He like bangs in the glass, right? Like aliens, right? What yeah. when they're looking in the tank and the thing goes punk and it punches the tank and aliens looks like yeah. love at first sight to me says Hudson excuse me Hicks <laughs> and um, I'm Hicks sir he's <laughs> Hudson look into my eye but he just sort of it's almost like he's adjusting himself a little bit and it draws Mulder closer that's creepy as fuck it doesn't drive him away yep fucking what a scene god damn it this guy's good. Yeah, it's very, very like lightly played, God. and that's perfect. It's so good. Well, so wait. back at Georgetown. Back, back. Hey, real quick, Dean. Yeah. You're 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 all science in this episode. So tell oh, me, fuck talk, off. Talk to me about <laughs> nucleotides and base I do pairs. not have the mentally mental faculty for this. <laughs> but you, no, dude. You you've been doing I've all been, the science. I've been committed. All right. Here's what I here's what I know from my my notes. There, okay, the, she, she shows, Carpenter shows Scully some DNA sequences from the bacteria sample, right? And she says, do you know what you're looking at? And Scully says, yeah, I think those are genes. And Carpenter says, correct, those are base pairs. Each pair is made up of something called a nucleotide. Only four nucleotides, Josh, exist in DNA, okay? Only four. I'm not going to look up the names of those. But there are only four nucleotides in DNA. Four. And through some miracle of design that we have yet to fathom, every living thing, billions and billions of stars, every living thing, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) millions of worlds, everything living, every living thing is created out of these four basic building blocks. First of all, holy fucking shit, that's bananas. Okay? Crazy. That's me editorializing because I'm too dumb to get it. Next, what you're looking at, Scully and Josh, is a sequence of genes from the bacteria sample. Normally, we'd find no gaps in this sequence, but with these bacteria, we do. Well, Scully says, well, why? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you. Under any other circumstances, my first call would be, have been to the government. Okay. So that's, first of all, bananas. She'd call the government if she discovered this. Whoa. But the government's already here. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting across from you. Carpenter says, well, a fifth and sixth nucleotide. A new base pair. So that's bananas. That's never occurred out of anything that we've had studied to this point in known civilization. So Scully says, whoa, well, wait a second. It doesn't exist in nature. It doesn't exist in nature? Right. So by definition, it's extraterrestrial. That's Mulder's kind of woman right there. I don't know enough about science to know if that's a logical conclusion. Well, it's interesting. I was going to reference it when Scully describes this to Mulder. She slightly she ma- tweaks modifies the words. It. Okay, got it. She, she, I mean, she says, you know, these things cannot exist naturally in nature or they do not exist naturally in Correct. nature without making the next step, which is ipso facto, they are extraterrestrial. Right. Because... And again, with zero understanding of any of the shit, I'm like, well, theoretically, is it any more ridiculous that a crazy scientist could create them than they could come from outside the earth? That's what, I don't that's know. That's what I was wondering, too. 
I don't know, but I just love that Scully kind of. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna say extraterrestrial to Mulder. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell him everything and and how amazing this discovery is. But I'm not. I'm not using that term. Yep. Not to Mulder. Yep. My, my guess Mulder. is. It just. My, my guess is it. It doesn't. It, it's. It's almost like saying this is beyond anything known to science. Yeah. That, that we, a, get some, that a, we get some smarty, sciencey kind of listeners. So yeah. if any of you guys have a have an input on this, you know. Right. Erin Fallon's in the chat. She says finding a new base pair would be truly bananas. She's in the medical field. Okay. There you go. All right. So like bananas like like little green men or bananas like Dr. Frankenstein? No, it's because... Frankenstein? Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Fouch, plastic doesn't exist naturally in nature. Your water bottle isn't from space. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wise ass. You're such a cunt. But buddy. I bet if you break them all down, I guess that's the point. I guess when you get into DNA and you get into base pair, you you right. would you would tra- even Doctor Frankenstein's monster would have the four nucleotides. Right. Exactly. I think that's yeah. kind of what it's coming down to. Even a You're wolf man, about- you could make a wolf like you could do some Soviet shit. Like I could saw a fucking your head off and put a wolf head on, and let's just spoiler say- alert: that's the second X Files movie. Yep, and let's just- <laughs> 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 fucking isn't lay open in the movie, and then and yes. then you could fire that guy up. Let's just say you get him working right, and you put an elephant heart in there, and he's jumping like three stories high. You you, you somehow you net him and you and you gas him down and you and you pull his DNA, it's still going to come down to four nucleotides, I think, I think is the point. Yeah, 100%. You're not talking about you, you put these things together to make something different. You're talking about like fundamentally dealing with yes. the, building, the building blocks, yep. the things that don't change. Right. Like you don't, you know, like you can make anything with Legos, but imagine like a circular Lego piece. I'm sure <laughs> they make those now, but like they weren't supposed to back in the good old days in the 80s. They're all square. So what we're saying is with the advancements in Lego technology, it's akin to discovering new <laughs> life. the worst analogies. <laughs> can a smarter person do this fucking podcast? <laughs> you know, like, uh, like Legos, you know? Uh, it's like fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. God, it's bad. Yeah. Anyway. So. We, we, the wrap point that, is sufficiently driven home. Yeah, Zeus story. So let's get back to Zeus. Yeah, yeah. come on. M- Mulder's leaving. Oh boy! And ah, uh, oh, this is cloak and dagger shit right here, boy. I love it. He walks out, and that van pulls up. Crew cut man hops out. He's got another guy with him. And I like, I love, I love when it's not immediately like a chase. Like Mulder's kind of like, okay, fuck. Spidey term. sense. Yep. Walk. Keep walking away. And dude, the way they, they block his car. Yeah, oh, man. Now you got a now you got another unit, and then Mulder just bolts. Yep, licking his lips, um, turning, looking back. <laughs> <laughs> cool other production note that I received is that Mulder, the um, you know, a stunt man they brought in, and they had one shot of him, and then they planned on doing more. Uh, they said David Duchovny was actually so fast of a runner that they just used him. Like he was so quick that they had to change. They went from a golf cart to having to use an actual pickup truck. Cool. To like to keep up with him in some of these shots. I'm like, all right. Yep. Well, that little, that little swimmer body, you know. Yeah. Like, I love. I love. You know what I love about this? I love that the conspiratorial bent on this is so deep and so dangerous that 
it is personified in the way Mulder reacts to these men. He doesn't turn around and go, okay, fuck you, I'm FBI, and pull out his gun. He bolts. Yeah, the stakes Dude, are too high for that. That's outrageous. That's what's, yep. that's another, like that, that tells you something, doesn't it? It doesn't, you know, a normal person in this circumstance, if they don't think this is, you know, world topic conspiratorial nonsense, they go, okay, I'm going to pull on my gun and, and question you guys. What do you, hello, how can I help you? You know, you get gunned down in the street, but Mulder's like, no, man, I'm getting a weird squirrely feeling here. Let me, let me get to a position where I can sit and wait with my gun ready. And I like that he, he does and he, pops out like tries to get the the jump back on them and they're just gone right because they're goddamn professionals they're not going to round a corner and get shot i love that they just are like nah he he, he could yeah. be anywhere no way we're not walking into gunfire right by the way final take on our um <laughs> on our hot hot, hot uh, nuclear, nuclear tie talk <laughs> yeah aaron fallon <laughs> it's like finding legos in a world of lincoln logs wow mind, mind blown <laughs> there you go <laughs> i can't even comprehend that <laughs> um so, back to the apartment. Back to the apartment. Mulder finally answers his phone. Scully is pretty hot to trot here. Why? Why wouldn't she be? He's been missing all night. Mia. I had a situation. Okay. Well, I have a situation. It's called the that bacteria does not exist in nature. So, so I call the situation. That. It's called that I was at Georgetown all night because of you, Mulder. Because of you. <laughs> You're being chased around by a crew gun man? Well, that sounds scary. But I'm talking extraterrestrial. Scully, what? How soon can you be here? There's something I got to show you. Hey, Mulder! Are you listening to her this whole episode? She's no. telling you after 26 episodes, she has extraterrestrial DNA. Son of a bitch, Mulder. <laughs> God damn it. Well, well, where are they going to go? They're going to go back to Zeus. Zeus. They get in there and... Pandora, Zeus. Empty. See what we're doing here. You, I love that shit. Yeah, dude. very Greek. Oh, it's gone, bro. That is that is awesome classic shit. And it, it will maybe become slightly a trope later on. Like, this this happens multiple times. Sure. Right? Like, Mulder sees something, and then when he comes back to, like, pull back the curtain, it's gone. But... But in, in small doses, it's great. Mm-hmm. And even better is Deep Throat Dude. just steps out. He waltzes Hold on. He waltzes in. Yeah, with his three-piece like suit. <laughs> Dude, like he's handing you your tax returns? Here's a folder. You did all right this year. Dude. By the way, it's only quick because she's in the background and they blur her rather quickly to focus on these two guys in the foreground, but... Scully's face at seeing this guy is like, fuck this guy. <laughs> she has no <laughs> really for good. Him. Yep. The where are the bodies? They are most likely destroyed. God only knows. He goes off on some tangents here. Boy. Briefly, you know, at times um, there's some interchange with both Mulder and Scully. They pose some questions, you know, who who would be responsible? Um, Mulder talking about how he was chased. Basically, Deep Throat gives them Gives him a lot of information here. He, a lot more than he has in the past. He kind of tells him, if you were chased, you would have been killed. Right. They didn't. They, they pushed you away. So they could destroy. So they could do this. Yep. If, if, they, if they were chasing you, you would be to dead. kill you, you'd be dead. Yeah. They're very good at that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And 
you know, it's the there are black groups, black Oof. organizations that exist that even people so high up in the government as you know, you get the impression he is mm-hmm. don't even know about them. So basically he's telling them he doesn't know who these men are, but he can make some assumptions. Yep. And things have changed. Why, why is he, uh, it's, it's more than they thought this alien gene therapy. Okay. Mm. This is where we're, we get a pretty, pretty big dump. Mulder, like human experiments like with extraterrestrial viruses. And Mulder's like Roswell. And he, he brushes that shit off. Brushes. He throws like Roswell. <laughs> what does he say? It's been going on for smoke years. Smoke screen. Yeah. Smoke. By the way, they said smoke screen. You got it. You checked all your boxes. You used the <laughs> um, word smoke screen. <laughs> way more than that. We've had we've had half a dozen crash sites or half a dozen recoveries better than Roswell. You're standing in the room where the first DNA transfer took place. The first human alien hybrid was created, right? Terminal ill patients volunteered. Sicare, old friend of Barubis, and uh, ET gene therapy. All six patients treated in this room began to recover from their illness. Sicare is able to live more or less normal, as normal as possible for a man who has developed inhuman strength and the ability to breathe water. <laughs> well, what? All right, uh, science oh. fiction. Gotcha. Oh, okay. What are you making? A shark man? <laughs> but pretty cool, man. Oh, is the Aquaman pretty cool? <laughs> well, Mulder's like, um, so that's how he eluded capture. Yeah, he just chilled at the bottom of the lake like fucking Jason Voorhees. <laughs> until it was Mulder's time to like, go oh, kill again. That's what he meant when he told me on the phone he just spent three days in the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was being literal. Yo, not, not metaphorical. <laughs> I thought he was making a joke. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to have survived, Ethro tells us. Well. Yep. So basically, this whole thing was an experiment. And Run out Berube, of Los Alamos. Berube's was in on it, but things kind of got fetched up because he was personal friends with Sakar, sure. who was one of these terminally ill volunteers. Mm-hmm. They were not supposed to survive. He tipped Sakar off, and Sakar is now running around in the world, which is the last thing these people want. This, is, this guy has different blood pumping through his ba- brain, uh, brain, brains. Brains. Veins. And veins. And, and, and brains. Yeah. They can't risk him, you know, having a medical emergency, as we already saw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where we're at. And well, Sakar Scully flew the coop. Asks, Scully asks a great question. She does. She says, Why did you give us so little information to begin with, and why are you giving us so much right now? And here here comes Mr. Double Talk Deep Throat. (laughs) I didn't anticipate the speed. I don't know why he talks like this in my mind, because it's not how he talks. I didn't anticipate the speed and precision of their cleanup operation. They're systematically destroying all the evidence. Barube, the body's here. Without the evidence, you two have no case. Why would you believe the story I just told you? You must put together everything that you have found, and you must find Sakara before they do it. I'll have no further contact with you on this matter. What? He does He does a little mic drop and just walks out. He does. He's like, ah, fuck yourself. I'm not sure it makes a ton of sense. It does. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking, I'm just looking at the dialogue. I'm like, you didn't say anything. <laughs> you said nothing. <laughs> I mean, the stuff he told them before, he gave them information. Yes. That... You know, we're not positive it's true, but it's it's direct. Mm-hmm. But this whole last thing is kind of a wordy mess. And I think that, and I'm not saying that as as in it's bad writing. 
I'm saying it's just, great because it keeps his motivations vague. Of course, it's his smokescreen. Yep. Bastard. And Scully just oh. is like, you know what? I'm going back to Georgetown. You know, that's a good call. Based yeah, on go the back thoroughness to... of the crew cut crew. Damn, that was yeah. pretty good. Crew cut crew. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, Mullen's like, well, I'm going to go to Sakar. Where? I don't know. I'm going to trust my instincts. Oh, really? Cool. How that's worked out for you. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Dude, whoa. Hey. Great moment back Oh, my God. What a gut-wrenching, terrifying moment. I mean, this is reach. Where's Dr. Carpenter? Oh, she got in a terrible car accident with her whole family. Wow. They're um, all dead. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to tender my resignation, Skinner. <laughs> I'll be at the Mercy Hospital with the kids without ears. <laughs> she need me? Don't call me. Yeah. That's uh, that's intense. I mean, already? All of them in the car? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. You should have seen my old man trying to get us in the car just to go anywhere. That's three days. Meanwhile, Dr. Carpenter All stumbles, across the, <laughs> stumbles across the greatest scientific discovery of her lifetime, possibly like Nobel Peace Prize worthy, and then goes home and what? Takes the whole family out for breakfast? <laughs> is that, We're is going that to the what, Waffle uh, House. Her, is that what her compatriots are led to believe? <laughs> and by Waffle House, I mean we're going to smash into this giant redwood tree. Yeah. I mean, that's some dark shit. Because that means, like, all right, not only did you kill this woman, like, no, you, you made sure that she probably excitedly said something to her husband when she got oh, home. Boy. And maybe the kids overheard it. And they're just like, all right, well, let's clean the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Let's wipe out a family real quick. I mean, what happened? That's efficiency. Did, That's government What, what do efficiency. you think they did? They probably went in at night, say 3 a.m. Yeah, I think they probably went in... Um, plink, plink? Some, no, I think something subtle, like... Uh, like a poison? Something they don't think that would trace them, that incapacitated them, and then like loaded them up in a vehicle, and then uh, either towed it or, you know, something, and then pushed it off like a... Like a, like a cliff. Yeah. Like those Hollywood like Hills type of cliffs. See ya. Yeah, or just like brought it somewhere to like a like a dark dead end and then blasted like a tow truck into it. Yeah. Definitely like, loaded like her 70 up with miles a ton of booze. <laughs> or whoever was driving. Sure. Boozed them up. Yeah, I, I, I like that episode. Right. I could watch it. Sure. Well, we better get back to uh, the Ruby House and Artist Marilyn. That's where Mulder's going. That's where his instincts are drawing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does hear some noise, moves upstairs, pistol out. Dude. Goes up to, goes up to the attic. And I was a little nervous because I recently watched uh, Hereditary. So oh, wasn't, God. <laughs> wasn't sure if I was ready Jeez, for another attic scene. man. Can we not? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. Sakaris banging his head repeatedly into the wall. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> there's just an alien hybrid man up there. <laughs> Uh, who overwhelms Mulder quite easily. Yeah. This is proto-Aquaman, so you don't really stand a chance. <laughs> right. He's also out of his natural environment. Mm-hmm. So, great twist here, right? He, Mulder kind of finally gets through to him. I can protect you. <laughs> Smoke. Kruka man is there. With a mask on. Oh, man. 
Well, I like it. They don't. Uh, by the way, I also love this. I mean, yes, they don't kill Mulder. I love that, but I also love that. Do you know what I'm saying? Why? Why? Why would you make a federal agent die? You're going to deal with all that. Right. That's not. That's and, hard to sweep under the rug. I know a federal agent who we have seen high in episodes, and we will continue to continue to see high profile in a weird way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a national celebrity. But he's someone that amongst the FBI in the FBI, but also in a very weird niche world. Like, how often do we come across these guys? Right, <laughs> these Max Fennigs, these oh my God. these weirdos that all know about Mulder and his reputation about the X Files. Like, <laughs> that's what's kind of cool is they make Mulder into this. He's a cult hero. He is. It, right? It's like you know, yeah, exactly. He's a cult hero for all these whack job conspiracy theorists. He's a, he's a real world Alex Jones, but he's, he's Alex Jones in the trenches. Like if Alex Jones was out there with a badge and a gun. <laughs> I'm liking this gun. spinoff. I got to be honest. <laughs> right? He's, he's looking in those jet engines. He's checking the fuel tanks. Yep. Looking, looking for what's making those contrails. I like it. Yeah, man. I like it. It's like, he'd be, <laughs> you know, when Ace Ventura won. When he's just like, come to me, my jungle friends. <laughs> and all the fucking, every animal runs to him. Oh. That's essentially Mulder, but with conspiracy nuts. Yep, 100%. That's awesome. I heard animals in their Ventura. Scratching around. Well, uh, that guy was in fucking Breaking Bad. Shika Dance. He's, the, he's Tuco's <laughs> uncle in the wheelchair, the bell. Yes, Satan. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, your cellular phone's been ringing. I love Crew Cut Man's nonchalance. You, yeah, your cell phone's been ringing off the hook. I'm a popular guy. Do you want to answer for me? Oh, I don't like talking on the phone. I have this thing about <laughs> unsecured lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's good shit. Dude. A little professional uh, fencing. Yep, I like it. Um, and that's it. Like, Mulder that's is uh, getting... Dragged off along with the body of Dr. Sakar. Consider yourself lucky, Mulder. He should. He, he really should. should. He often should. As well, he continue, continue, continually should be. Because once again, Scully's going to put everything on the fucking line for Dude, you. Dude, this is awesome. This is some crazy, crazy shit. There is an episode extremely early on. Episode two, Deep Throat. The origin of Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. Where Scully does something pretty similar where she basically has to go out on the line to make a deal to get something to trade Mulder back for. Yep. And here we are kind of wrapping up season one in much the same way. But the cool part here is that we see an extended sequence of what exactly Scully has to do to make this happen. Yep. It starts with the whole conversation between Scully and Deep Throat and Something's happened to him. Where has he been? He's gone all night. Deathroat reassures her that they're not going to kill him for the reasons we mentioned. Too high profile, evidence that could expose them, etc. And she's like, well, I don't have evidence. They took it. And he goes, well, listen, there's still evidence. And it's going to be tough to obtain, but you have a medical background and I can get you inside. Inside where, she asks. Well, there's this high containment facility in Fort Marlene, Maryland. The wellspring, Miss Scully. The original tissue. If they've got Agent Mulder, they might be willing to make a deal that could save his life. 
And dude, she's great here. Yeah. Her her nervousness is excellent. It's not over the top, but it's it's clear. I like that they don't make her, you know, they don't make her mission impossible agent nope. here. Because she's not. Because because right, Scully's so pragmatic. She knows that two things. She probably doesn't think I'm gonna get murdered here, but she's probably thinking my career is over at best and at worst i might disappear yeah even if i get Mulder out my career is probably over. right like she she is risking everything and the stakes that's like what i think a lot of you know modern day spy movies they miss out on because they try to like make everybody so badass sure that they're they're always cool calm implacable but in in a way that lowers the stakes yeah, you know, I it's talked when you about have this. A, I'm, I'm sorry. When you have what? Go ahead. No, that I mean, that's it. Like when you have somebody in this situation where they're clearly so uncomfortable, nervous, and they're just barely doing enough to kind of get through it, it's a lot more tense. But you, you were saying you were talking about Yeah, you know, I, I recently watched the latest Mission Impossible film, and I covered it on the Real Quick Pod. And I was saying, you know, it's definitely more action movie than spy movie, but it has all the spy movie tropes. But it's not... You're cla- it's not a classic spy. It's not Three Days of the Condor, right? They're, they're much more action movies. They, they're spy much movies. more action movies than spy movies, for sure. There's cool shit happening. Don't get me wrong. Like, ah, cool, the face mask. You know, that's such a unique Mission Impossible thing. But you're really onto something here. And that's, and you know, that's another thing. When you're watching it in film, it's always like, okay, well, this guy's an expert. They're unflappable. They're cool. How are they going to handle it? Oh, they got popped, but they still figure out a way out. They shot their way out kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. But no, man, for this, it's like, like you said, first of all, she's a medical doctor. Second of all, she's an FBI agent, a field agent, of course. Sure, she's, she's been in shootouts, but, but this is something heavier. She doesn't really know. Think about how her mind is racing. She doesn't know about the ramifications of this. In the Mission Impossible world, we don't have to worry about Ethan Hunt's family. She doesn't know what's going to happen to her mom or her sister. You know, like, I mean, this is crazy. These people have done crazy things. Yeah. It's awesome, man. And, and she wears it well. But not, she's not a blub, but there's a, there's a middle ground. She's not Ethan Hunt, but she's also not a blubbering idiot. Right. She's a dedicated professional that's kind of out of her element. Yep. Best way to say it. She, out of her element. But she's doing the best she can. Excellent. And, you know, you in it just, it, the tension is hot. And she, she gets in, so she's going into Fort Marlene. Yep. She goes through the first security. And, like, we see her kind of going all the way through this. And, again, good use of your time, your pacing. Like, mm-hmm. you cut through a bunch of bullshit so in this episode. So much bullshit gone. But, but, but spend a minute or two for her getting up into this cryo lab. Like, use those two or three minutes really well because you earned it. And like use that to build this tension that you deserve to build in this episode. And they do it great, right? She goes through the first layer of security and gets to the elevators <laughs> and going up and going through multiple doors and they're locking behind her. And then she goes through and her, her past doesn't immediately clear her. And then she gets questioned for this password. <sighs> and she has to completely pull it out of her ass mm-hmm. on her feet. Not sure if she's even correct, right? Nice. Purity, purity control. Yep, right. Cleared in, goes in, Goes in this cool, like, just white, sterile cryo storage unit. Correct. Now, pulls here before she pulls it out, right? We already saw Mulder do his thing, didn't we? We're not going to now show these 
these people again in new tanks that she's going to see. We're going to go up a little bit because we're deep into the, we're, we're minutes from the season being over. So let's, let's ratchet it up a little bit. Awesome, right? And how cool is it that in X-Files, the show which rubbed its alien balls all over our face for 11 seasons mm-hmm. worth with Mulder constantly, constantly dropping the A-word, constantly talking about it, Already, many, many times through season one. How cool is it that the first time we ever see an alien, it's Scully. Yep. Scully sees it. It's awesome, dude. Before Mulder. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you know what's awesome? There's almost like, that. that's the subtext of the whole episode, isn't it? Mulder yeah. saw guys in tanks. Okay, that's weird. Scully saw a new base pair. Scully tried to tell him twice. And then she gets to see it. I mean, it's almost like its own subtext playing underneath the episode of her going through this journey where she's discovering new pieces each step of the way. Yeah. So cool, man. And that's it, basically. And and again, we don't need to see... Nope. We did it. We paid off the tension. Now, we don't need to see the whole reverse. Correct. We don't need to see her getting out and sweating. And like, no. Okay, cool. Boom. Immediately cuts her. She has it. They're doing this dark link up. Her this stiff is like, walk, which probably feels like a mile to her. Yep. Terrified. With his cardboard box. Fuck. And Mulder, and, what's uh, in the box? And I, I like <laughs> how as an audience member is watching it, you don't know at first, like, is she doing the handoff? Mm-hmm. And then we see like, no, it's Deep Throat. But that's what's great, is that we see how tense Scully is. She's that tense knowing that she's dealing with deep throat of course. because she doesn't trust this guy any more than she really trusts like any of these shadowy yeah. figures. Why would she? Because why would she? Why would she? And this, this exchange between them, you know, just classic conspiracy mm-hmm. shit. He, he, he's not really, she doesn't want to surrender really, it, does she? No, because she has in her hands the only thing she thinks can get Mulder back. And she doesn't want to give it to the guy she doesn't trust. Of course not. But the circumstances kind of force themselves onto them. He's, he's awfully... He loses his cool a little. Don't screw this up. Let me tell you something you should know. In 87, a group of children from Southern State were given what their parents thought was a routine inoculation. What they were injected with was a clone DNA from the contents of the package you're holding as a test. That kind of people you're... That's the kind of people you're dealing with. In other words, do you understand the level of shit that you are in? Because you could easily be wasted, like I'm about to be. And, and again, <clears throat> you nailed it. You talk about, you know, effectively using tension and, and people, you know, deep throat here, losing his cool. How can we raise the stakes from, from Scully's tension, put it to the guy that has been the implacable one <laughs> up to now? Every time we see deep throat, he's just always in complete and perfect control. So to see him kind of getting rattled, that's like, that's scary. Yep, very scary. Because he is dealing with some pretty dangerous people. And man, kudos to the show for 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 not stopping there. This is ballsy as shit, <laughs> so ballsy. isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I, and and there's, there's the ruthless efficiency in which the scene is executed is just tremendous. I mean, he raises the gun up, Bang. And by the time he's hitting the ground, Mulder's hitting the ground from the back of the van. Because they got to get the fuck out of there. 
And you know, there's no re- there's no recourse on Scully for looking directly in Krukup man's eyes. They don't care. What are you going to arrest him? With what do you have for evidence? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, and this is uh, you know, I'm not going to put it on that level, but there's traces of like Michael Mann here. Yeah, like dude, this, that that shot these is great. Dark, dark, wet streets with the <laughs> the streetlights splashing down. And that that final shot, that pullback. Yeah. It's a great like shot. that crane, that big crane pullback shot. It's nice, man. And uh, Deep Throat's dying breath. Trust no Ooh, one. Oh, boy. It's good shit, man. See ya. See ya, Deep Throat. Well, a couple weeks later, we get back to D.C. Scully's asleep on her bed and uh, gets a phone call. And it's Mulder. And uh, he has some bad news, Josh. His voice sounds, I wrote down the word fragile. Indeed. He sounds fragile here. Imagine if you were a paladin, Josh. (laughs) I want you to honestly really get yourself in the mood here. Your whole life you've devoted to, it doesn't matter, call it a god, call it what you will. You've devoted to this. You're champion of this cause. You are, it is your life. And you've served it. And as far as you're concerned, and perhaps you're blinded by zealotry, but as far as you're concerned, as far as you're concerned for this experiment, quite nobly. And now you get called in to see. Let's let's call it the let's call it the medieval version, not even medieval. Let's call it the fantasy version of the Vatican. You're this great paladin who's been blessed by your God, and you've been championing the cause forever, and always doing the right thing. As far as you're concerned in that cause, and they say, "Come on in," and you come in, and they say. We're excommunicating you. You probably feel pretty fragile. Um, can I take Greyguard levels as a prestige <laughs> class? <laughs> You're like, that's fine. That's I was just multi-class. <laughs> I don't care about the actual story. Uh, exactly according to this, uh, there's some prestige classes which if <laughs> I am uh, banished, I can uh, actually... It doesn't really matter. I have banished. a second character rolled up. Um, no, but that's that's a great analogy, and that's very cool. It's it's uh, just you've been cut out, man. Yep. From the most important thing to you, your crusade, cool. and pretty crazy to a viewer. And actually, Fox was dead set against this because they thought that viewers would think the show was canceled. <laughs> this is awesome, and this is a great way to. They're so squirrely, huh, Fox? Yeah, fucking Fox Fairy. Jesus, Louise, this is relax. this is something that this is something that a lot of shows and I, dude, I haven't watched it for like three seasons, and I it's ridiculous that I use it as a whipping horse. But a show like Walking Dead, mm-hmm. they don't get that sometimes like a finale or wrap up, a cliffhanger doesn't literally have to be like an, an action is about to happen. Make it a a finale in the sense that something really dramatic happens. You don't know what's going to come next. It's really important, but it's not like, it's not the fuckery, like hang on your, hang on that exact moment. Like what is going to happen that next second? Um, Someone actually said it. Uh, Stephanie Joy Belay, who is a listener that is watching X-Files for the first time um, through with us, which is very cool. She's probably getting ahead of us at this point, but she said, this might be my favorite season's finale of any show I've ever seen. Literally faced with the truth and still not able to believe it's insane. The conspiracy, the sudden death, the uncertainty, it was fantastic. Yep. And that's, that's a first time viewer 25 years later. Yeah. 
very cool. You know, it's um, he's going to push on though. Mulder's not going to give up. Can I make another nerd reference? Let's talk Dragonlance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not Forgotten Realms, but it's pretty cool. Salamnic Knights. You know, I'll just remind you, we have a lot of female listeners. I think we're using up our quotient of D and D references. <laughs> yeah, they love it. Don't let them fool you. Salamnic <laughs> Knights, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want to say. Like the like the dude in the novel. I forget his name. He gets oh. he, he keeps going. He's like, nah, I'm still gonna run it. I don't care if the people don't like me. That's Mulder. Yeah. Yep. He's like, no, I'm gonna keep doing this. God damn, that's best gangster Mulder. Because what Good else shit. does he have? Nothing. Correct. Nothing but nothing but the quest for the truth, dude. Got nothing. <sighs> nothing. Yeah. And- in a great bookend moment, this was very intentional by Chris Carter. The 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 actual last shots of cigarette smoking man in this weird warehouse, putting the alien away and walking out and seeing that it's in this inner ring of the Pentagon, which is exactly how the pilot ended. Uh, very very cool. Nice. Very cool. Nice. And so ends Storm Bla- season Storm Blade. Sorry, I had to rectify that that bad nerdism. But yeah, that's it, man. Season one of the X Files, my friend, wrapped up, wrapped with a bullet, Oof. with a bullet. That's uh, that's an episode of television right there. <laughs> so in the chat, Odani girl, hey, I have it level through Druid, so I'm all about the D and D references. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Except you so, are a heretic um, because you don't follow the Salomnic order. You're a dirty fucking hippie mage. This is the, the 20, 20 aughts, bro. Nobody plays Dragonlance anymore. <laughs> um, that's pretty sweet, man. That's, that's, that was a great episode. Great, right? Yeah, man. Before we get to our final thoughts, do you got any listener comments you want to hit I on? I got a couple, man. I got a couple. Let me start with, you already read Danny, which was a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to read, uh, I don't know, I guess Monica. Let me do Monica. Monica says... Monica Mitsakas hyphen rock. That's cool. This episode, besides being damn near perfect, will always have a special place in my heart. It was the very first X-Files episode I ever saw. Even without context of the entire first season, I was hooked by the tension, the mood, and the atmosphere of the show, and of course, the chemistry of DD and GA. Hold on a second. It was the very first X-Files episode I ever saw. I can't just go past that. That's amazing. Dude, it, it's very cool, man. We've had multiple of those comments throughout the season. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was this one. Imagine coming in on this. Yeah, you'd be like, fuck, give me more. Yeah, because you don't really need a lot of the background. No. Like, yeah, you don't you don't know the characters as well. You don't know their relationship. But, man, like, throw you, like, in media Reese and just love it. Yeah, it's awesome. She, way better. Way better than that poor somebody who said that their first episode was uh, Lazarus. <laughs> and then she said she didn't come back to watch it till season four. Dude. I'm assuming Monica probably had a quicker recovery. Yeah. Monica continues by saying, I was always a fan of horror and sci-fi and seeing this show for the first time was the kismet. Was like kismet. After seeing it on air on TV that Friday night, I spent every Friday night of the following summer watching as many of the reruns as possible to get caught up before the next one started. This episode is a classic and... I will always love it. I just want to thank you guys for continuing the coverage. It has allowed me to relive these great episodes and experiences all over again. 
Keep up the good work, guys, and I'm looking forward to the next seasons. Thank you very much, Monica. You keep up the great work by listening and submitting awesome comments. I appreciate that. So yeah, good shit. And wow, I'm, I'm still like kind of reeling from that being in the first episode. You see the fucking season finale? That's so awesome. Yeah, that's cool shit. Who you got? Oh, Monica's in, Monica's in the chat. Oh, hello. I got a, Yeah. Thanks I, for listening live. Moxie. I got another person from the chat, Wesley. Wesley Crusher. Ruff. I have watched Wesley Crusher. this episode. <laughs> no, this is a... Oh, shut oh, up, not, Wesley. I, I, not a, I had not to. A, not a man child. And you know what? He doesn't... I don't... Listen, Wesley, I know you've heard it before. I don't care. My name's fucking Dean Martin, so I've heard them all, okay? <laughs> I get to make fun of you. I get to say, shut up, Wesley. But no, don't <laughs> shut up. In fact, continue talking, but Josh can talk for you. So Josh, please. Wesley says, I have watched the episode so many times, I honestly think I have it memorized. So many jaw-dropping moments. Deep Throat's assassination had me off the couch. <laughs> I just love that fucking, it's such a like visceral, like standing up while you're watching something at home. It's awesome. While his death added weight to the show, part of me does wonder what plot line, spycraft, or backstory we could have seen. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring that up as, is that I love the show for doing it, but there was a lot more you could do with Deep Throat. And, you know, I think it's a trade-off, and maybe I'll ask you what you think. That's a good question. I I don't think this... They certainly didn't run this character into the ground. They did not run out of story with Deep Throat. We barely saw anything. Mm -hmm. And we actually, interestingly enough, we get a lot more of Deep Throat after he's dead. You know, we learn more about him in later later episodes. Not not a ton, but multiple references back to him that Mulder ends up finding out. Um, But there was, for sure, a lot more they could do with him. So it's kind of that, where do you fall in the balance? Do Do you... is it better to let a character kind of overstay their welcome or perhaps to cut their story short? And and where do you feel, not just on either extreme, could be in the middle, where do you feel Deep Throat falls in that in, in regards to X-Files? I, I am usually in favor. So uh, uh, let me tell you right off the bat what my answer would be, and then let me give you a little bit of backstory on, on this. Again, with my X-Files memory being quite poor, but I'm always a favor of if if you are uh, let's 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 take perfect out of it. Let's pretend there is no perfect place. Okay, I always say cut a little short, then let it run a little too long. I'm always in favor of cutting a character short, especially if especially if that character's who, who's a peripheral character, especially if their story isn't very important, and we're not necessarily looking for some sort of conclusion or arc. It's always fascinating to cut a character's arc short, especially if it is simulating real-life danger by saying, see, this happens sometimes. Sometimes they don't reconcile with their mom. Sometimes they don't see their kid one more time. Sometimes, some days they don't say, I love you, when they should have said, I loved you, and they get hit by a cement mixer or whatever. That's tragic. It's life. And I think I'm always in favor of cutting a character's life short versus letting it run too long because I think it serves the story better, or at least it serves the types of stories I like better. Overall, I'm going to completely agree with you. I think the only exception I would give to that is the crutch of like, if that becomes your thing. And, and at times... Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you mean killing characters? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like that, like, again, 
why am I doing this? I'm fucking beating up the show I don't give a shit about. Yeah. Walking Dead. Where it just be kind of be kind of became their thing of like, okay, who's the next character to die? Mm. Like <clears throat> that was the most you know, the most talked about part. It wasn't the story you're telling. Sure. It was who, who's gonna die. L- next. Let's let's compare so, that to Game of Thrones for just a second before you go past that, can we? Sure. Here's what I want to say. You can kill a character and they can die, and you can go, oh, tragic. That character's dead. And you start to get numb to it. Or you can kill a character and then go, oh my God, the ramifications of this are immense. That's where Game of Thrones maintains success in character death because it changes political lines when characters die. Whereas in other shows that shall not be named, they just kind of die. You're like, okay, they're off the show. That's fine. But there's no, outside of the emotional fallout, there's really no problem. (laughs) I don't mean to say it like that. It's kind of crass. But there's really no issue with them being gone outside of the characters miss them. That's where one show is better at it than another. But sure. Go ahead. And and X-Files definitely falls on the side of not doing this too much. And Ben Prue brings up the great point of X, who is one of my favorite Uh, characters in X-Files, who will eventually come in to play a very similar role Mm -hmm. to Deep Throat, but but uniquely. Um, and, And just this... I think it's totally worth it. And yes, I think Wesley has a point that, man, there's a lot more we could have seen from Deep Throat. But I think that wiping him out early raises the stakes. Chris Carter wanted to do it to show that, you know, anything can happen. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe. Like, I think that was literally almost, you know, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but almost word for word, something that he said about, about what he wanted to convey with this moment. And that's awesome, man. And that, that trust no one that became, you know, and it is the tagline. We didn't even mention it in, in the beginning. Um, that was the first time the credit sequence showed a different message than the truth is out there. Oh, right. right. I missed it, that. It says, it says trust no one. Um, and that became as much of a tagline of X-Files <laughs> as the truth is out there. 100%. Or I want to believe it's like those three things. And it, it's worth it for this moment. Yeah, and it really it, it created part of the mythology of the show. It's just something he uttered. Right. The, for the shadowy man whose motives you never understood to sacrifice his life, not 100% intentionally, not like he literally gave up his life, but clearly from his actions and his tension and his losing his cool, he knew that the stakes were at that level. Uh-huh, yeah. And that he was, he, he was gambling up to that point. Um, that really shows where we're at and that that adds to the weight of this mythology that you know i think we we don't do enough to give credit to that we beat up on a sure. lot um there's a lot of awesome shit there so it's you know so, it's yeah, nice I mean, for us to go back it's nice for us to go back to, to to the let's call it the mythology's prime because a lot of our criticism sure. has come from newer 10 and 11 right yep and, and you know yep. there's another thing as you're talking you kind of get my head spinning here you, you like the way you describe Deep Throat. I, I want to. I want to. I would like to riff on that because I like what you're putting down here. And I want to say this: we were never quite sure about Deep Throat and how much we could trust him. All the way through this episode, and then when he gets shot, it it has a dramatic impact on us because we're like, we we don't know, uh, sketchy. And then he gets wasted in front of Scully, and we're like, what? No way. And that is badass. It's not like yeah. we had this deep 
It's not an emotional connection. It's not like if Skinner died, we'd be like, no. It's not no. It's what? Do you know what I mean? Which is cool, which is the show writer's not just using it to, like, manipulate your emotions. No. He's, he's painting a picture of, 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 like he said in his words, so to speak, he's painting a picture of, of the dangers of this deep-level conspiracy shit. Fuck, man. That's great. It's really good. Well, I'm just going to roll right into final thoughts. Yeah, I know. I think I just gave mine. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much it. I'm gonna, I love it. I love this episode. Me too. I love it. I love it as a season finale. Um, I love it as a mythology episode. I love it as an episode on its own. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of episodes in season one. I really, really dig. There's a few that I find myself watching more often than this one. I'm not going to say that they're better. Like I, I know I watch and I kind of want to watch beyond the sea or ice or squeeze more often, maybe than this one. I'm not going to say that those are 100% better episodes. Um, this is right up there, man. If, 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 if you had to tell me, you know, I had to pretend to be like a TV critic and mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm. you what the best episode of season one is. I like your this TV would critic be, voice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> this, this would be in the running. This would be in the running for like what is the best episode. I think it's really well done. It does such a great job of moving the stakes forward and building this mythology and getting you really just, wow, where are we going next? What is happening? X-Files is shut down. Like Deep Throat is dead. Holy shit. Um, it's crazy, but Boy. Um, I love it. And there, there's some great moments. One thing I just want to mention quickly, because we, I, I glanced over it when we covered uh, through scene by scene, is the moment that Scully, before they go into the storage um, place, Zeus storage that has been cleared out. Scully makes this apology to Mulder about having not believed him, having not trusted him. Ah. And for the first time ever, not for the first time ever, she didn't trust what she believed, I think is, is the, the phrase she uses. Um, there's some big moments in this episode and there's big character moments. They both earn them. The show earns them. You know, Deep Throat earns his little moment here at the mm-hmm. end. Um, there's a lot of payoffs. It's awesome. And uh, I also just want to say, man, it has been a fantastic ride doing this whole thing sure. through in a, in a run. I'm so psyched to keep going. And uh, I'll let you go, and then I'll have a couple little postscript ad- admin details that we can add on. Yeah, no problem. i, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't have a ton more to say uh, other than what has been said about this already. Um, to to simply, I guess, to wrap my thoughts up on it, this is, it almost feels like, and this might be an overstatement, but it almost feels like quintessential X-Files. It, it, it's, it's these two characters who've been chasing this stuff, who get these reveals, the stakes go up continuously, they bring in this fucking assassin director that they bring in for firsts and lasts, and he, and he crushes it. He puts us there. He makes us feel these things. They waste a character that shocks us that we have no real emotional attachment to, but it still works. And we have this ironic underpinning with Scully making these discoveries that Mulder only wishes he could make. And, and it makes sense that he knows them instinctively and she finds them through science. And I'm just like, God, man, you know, 
you guys really hit it out of the park with this one. It's really good stuff. In in it and it looks good. It feels great. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's delicious. It's it's yummy. My plate is clear. I'm li- I'm licking all the crumbs. Do you want dessert? And you want seconds? No, I don't want dessert. I want. I'm. I. I'm gonna have. I'll wait for season two. No dessert. This is perfect. I dare not have anything else. This is good. Okay. I don't want to be glutton. I love it. It's great. It's quintessential awesome. X Files to me. Awesome. And by uh, the way, I love this little, episode. Is that not clear? It's clear. Uh, <laughs> postscript. Um, CSM. Good by win. the way, walking down the hall. We never talked about it. Creepy as fuck. I mentioned it. The, oh, the, oh, the book okay. ends. I'm sorry. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Goodwin, the director, uh, married to Sheila Larkin, who played Scully's mul- uh, Scully's mother on the X Files. Nice. Who you know? That's great because that's also my favorite one star review is one about how we, we were callous and awful and woman hating, and then we said <laughs> she was a bitch. And we, we hope she died of cancer. Hope, no, we we hope she suffered when she oh, died. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Which we did say. A fictional character. We're so disrespectful of make-believes. <laughs> anyway. So stupid. Um, couple of things I wanted to add uh, for all you guys listening. This is going to drop on December 30th. Yep. Is that Sunday? Um, so, yep, yeah. Sunday. It might even um, drop the 29th. Cool. All right. Way to, way to wrap up 2018. Um, very shortly, if not immediately after that, you're going to see an episode in the feed that is going to be a season one quiz little announcement. Um, We'll have all the direction on that. There's going to be some fun prizes. Um, Everybody can obviously, uh, uh, there's no entry fee or anything like that. Everybody listening can go ahead and take it. We'll have some cool prizes for that. And um, when you're hearing that, also go to the Facebook page. If you're not a part of it, definitely get to be a part of it. Um, There's an awesome discussion there. It's a really cool community. And we're also going to be doing some voting for some special coverage on a couple uh, commentary style episodes for season two. So jump over there. When you hear this one drop, that stuff will all be live by then. Yep. hundred percent. And, um, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, you know, thanks to everyone who, um, who have put up with our scheduling, you know, sometimes it can be challenging for us, but I believe where there's a will, there's a way as corny as that sounds. And, um, here we are with a, an entire season behind us, which is very exciting for us. And um, I will also say that I, I really appreciate the participation. I appreciate the reviews. And um, you guys have been great. It's, it's great to know that, that you're talking to other people. It's, it's a new level to the show. And, it's, and, and if you listen to podcasts a lot, they might not say it enough, but it... Josh and I would have a grand old time doing this by ourselves, which is exactly what we did when there weren't a ton of listeners. And now we're getting more. And, it, you know, it just, it, it makes a, it adds another layer of excitement for us personally. And um, obviously you guys are having fun with it, but I just want to say thank you because it, it adds another layer for us to enjoy. So thank you very much. And, um, and I believe we're going to get out of here, right, man? I think that's it, man. All right. Well, why don't you uh, tell these good people goodbye? And Josh, have a great time watching that movie. I wish I could go watch with you tomorrow. Sadly, I will not be able to go watch it with you because of work, which fucking blows. Um, Happens. And until you hear from us, aside from Dean and I, literally, aside from every, every other human being in the world, trust no one. Indeed. We're out of here.